It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz, and i'm your director of fun and games for the evening happy philadelphia friday the 13th to all of you out there and we have quite a lucky show for everyone because it is our fourth bsh crossover that's Yay. right we have the whole gang back together for this excellent Friday show, Flyers undefeated, obviously the biggest story in Philadelphia sports right now. Uh, So let's just get right into it and lead things off with fresh back from Columbus, Philly's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor. Hey, everybody. Good to be back. Got back uh, earlier this afternoon, took a little nap, and now I'm back to uh, to do a show. I will say that, Steph, I I concur Columbus isn't as bad as some people make it out to be. Thank you. it's it's pretty boring, but it's nice boring. It's nice. It's just like, you know, that's what I think of when I think of the flyover states. Like, it's just nice. The people there are nice. It's fine. It's nice. Yeah. We found we found a nice sports bar to watch. I guess it was game three of the uh, of the Phillies Brave series. Got to see Bryce Harper hit his uh, hit his bomb. That was great. Um, well, actually, both of his bombs. But the first one was the one that I got there. That was a legitimate bomb. I got there maybe about like... <laughs> 15 minutes before he hit that one. So it was like the perfect time. But it's a nice little sports bar, nice little city. So I got no complaints about Columbus. It was fine. Making her residence in the cryingest sports town in America, (laughs) Stephalicious D, Steph Driver. How's everyone doing down there today, Steph? Are the the roads flooded with tears? It is. It's raining really hard. So, yes, yes, it is. The entire (laughs) city of Atlanta is in tears today. So obviously I'm in Atlanta. Uh, That's why I'm not in studio. And PHLY has been great in in working with me while I'm down here. Um, I've never been like living in enemy territory. The only enemy territory I've ever lived in is Philadelphia. And like we were the enemy to everyone else. Right. Like this is I'm not used to this. We are going to put up a 12-foot statue, or at least like a cutout of Bryce Harper for Halloween on our front lawn. Like, th- there's no, there's nothing oh, else that's scary yes. to the people of Atlanta right now. So I'm, I'm living. You know, this is great for me. Last but certainly not least, my uh, pregame partner and the fly by herself. It's Kelly Hinkle. I just want you guys to know that I've been not sold on either Columbus or Atlanta as places to visit anytime soon. I mean, don't work for the tourism board. Either of you, Kelly, neither of them are in Canada. So obviously you wouldn't be sold on them. If it was a small, nothing city in Canada, you would be easily sold. No boats in Columbus. No boats. No boats. No no water. Yeah. It's not good. It's uh, it's Ohio. You know, at the end of the day, it's Eh. Ohio. All right. So uh, let's get right into, I guess first I should, uh, Address post game last night. There were some technical difficulties. If you're looking for that podcast, I don't think it exists uh, because of, listen, it was, first of all, 
I wouldn't say my attention was fully on the Flyers game last night. We're doing a uh, live stream watch party out there. Both TVs on mute. Uh, I don't know how Ryan Lambert does it watching hockey games on mute, but I certainly can't pay attention (laughs) if the announcers aren't screaming at me. And, you know, I'm in here as Castellanos is hitting his second home run. Rojas is making his play. So I think it's just best for everyone if that post game, if you caught it live, good for you. If not... Uh, you missed out on yeah, been there. quite a quite a party atmosphere. But from now on, the post game should and will live as podcasts after the uh, the live experience. It was just a lot going on last night, and uh, let's be honest. It was not the priority. <laughs> it wasn't mine, so I can't imagine it was anyone else. It was else. my priority. Yeah. I was covering That's the Charlie game. Charlie was there at the uh, arena. Charlie, capital Ooh. J journalist, does his job. Uh, me, not, not as much, no. quite honestly. <laughs> uh, I do also have to point out our new set piece, this pumpkin, a gift from uh, Mama Matt's. She hooked us up, got it as a, at a farmer's market this weekend, Beautiful. and I wanted to bring it in for Friday the 13th. Nice little decorative pumpkin for us. Thank you, Mama Matt's. As, uh, we as we love move Mama towards- as we move towards this Halloween season. And now it is time to talk about game one. The Flyers are 1-0, and and I'm putting them in the playoffs, guys. I don't know 100%. about anyone else. <laughs> I mean, is, isn't looked, that what game one's for, though? Yeah. Game one is for, if they win, it means they're going to be really good and we should get excited. And if they lose, it means they're going to be the worst team in the league. It's, it's, that's game one. That's just the way Those she goes. Facts. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I, a few observations from last night. I think we all kind of took away the same thing because I was talking about the same thing Charlie wrote about in his game story. And it's if this team, as we've said, surprises us and is closer to mediocre than horrible, it's going to be on the backs of their four top guys. And like it or not, their four top guys are Sanheim, Konechny, Couturier, and Hart. Uh, I want to start with Sean Couturier last night because <sighs> finally back. He hasn't played since December of 2021, and he made his presence felt almost immediately. Uh, picks up the primary assist on Farabee's goal to open the scoring last night and looked a lot closer to 1C Couturier yes. than I think I was expecting. Yeah, it was really good to see because I was, I think I said it like 15 times on the show, I was expecting that he would have to ease in and it would maybe take a little while for us to see regular Sean Couturier, but he looked pretty dang close to regular Sean Couturier last night. I think my, and this is just purely a selfish perspective because I have to deal with people on social media all the time. I am the most happy that now I no longer have to hear every time I tweet about Sean Gattieri, have to hear people say, he's never going to play again. You know, <laughs> you're, you're trying to tell me he's healthy. I haven't seen him yet. Like, well, now now he's played. And maybe you didn't watch because you were watching the Phillies game. But guess what? Understandable. Guess what? You could have taped it. There are there is video yeah, evidence that Sean Gattieri played in a regular season no, game. He will play another hockey game because he has played another hockey because game. Because of the overlap with the Phillies, this could very much be he's still Ryan Ellis. No one's actually seen oh it yet. God. Like this is tree falls in the woods. Schrodinger's no one's there to Couturier. see it. Like yeah. did did anyone actually see it happen? <laughs> no, I did watch enough of the game last night to know to confirm that Sean Couturier was out there and looked pretty damn good. Yeah, I think with with Couturier, and he wasn't perfect. One thing that is interesting to me is that Tortorella continues to kind of hold it over that I haven't seen the real Sean Couturier yet. I, I kind of oh, wonder yeah. if that's going to become a thing where he's like, well, Cam's closer to him, his usual self, than, than Sean is, but Sean did, did okay. But while Couturier maybe with the puck wasn't his 100% self, what I loved about seeing him back was that his line dominated, and that's Sean Couturier. There, there are so many games during a normal season where, you know, maybe Sean Gattari isn't making tons of plays with the puck because he's not the most skilled guy with the puck. Not that he doesn't have skill with the puck, but he's not a superstar level talent in terms of making these fantastic plays. But he just does the little things with regards to winning battles, with his spacing, with helping out his team break out of the defensive zone. And then after the second period's done, you think to yourself, man, that Gattari line spent basically every single one of their shifts in the offensive zone. That's weird. And then when you watch it happen for seven, eight straight years, you're like, it's actually not weird. It's because Sean Gattari is a really, really good center. And that's exactly what we saw last night in that his line just was in the offensive zone all the time. And that's not a fluke. That's Sean Gattari. So Bill and I talked on the pregame about who's going to be John Tortorella's new like pet 
like Kevin Hayes was. But the opposite. One that, like, yeah, the one that the, you poke. His whipping boy or the yeah, guy yeah, he yeah. holds to the high standard. Is it going to be Sean Is Gattari? he going to poke Sean Gattari? I think Sean Gattari, if he is that guy, he will respond. He can take be- it. He'll yeah. respond better than Kevin yeah, yeah, Hayes yeah. responded, I believe. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw out of him. And mm-hmm. like I saw in your article, I think you had the like expected goals when he was on the ice, like in the 75 yeah, range. Just a usual someone Sean said, game. Someone said in the chat last night it was like 73. So like about three quarters of the expected goals yeah. were uh, when Sean Couturier was on the ice were for the Flyers. And you know, for a team that doesn't have that high-end talent, that is a pretty damn good uh, that's a pretty damn good ratio for anybody. Uh, I'm happy to see him back. I'm happy to see uh, Bobby Brink on that line. I was very happy to see Joel Farabee get that first goal, you know, really start out. Like, I didn't want it to be like last season where, oh, man, it's this isn't good. He right. does not yeah. look like Joel Farabee. And like, now, okay, you got the first one. Like, that first one just seems so big. Guys who didn't score last night, their seasons aren't over. 81 more. You know, Owen Tibbet can still score 40. It's it's <laughs> not out of the realm of possibility. It's just like, all right, we these guys are on the pace that we need to see them on. And are wins and losses the biggest thing in the world? Yes. No. Oh. In fact, losses are good. But certain dudes are going to be a part of the next good Flyers team, whether you like them or not. Sean Couturier's here. Eight-year contract, he's got seven more, uh, no move clause for the full thing. He's going to be a part of this thing. They badly need him to be good, and if he drags them to a few more wins than we'd maybe like in terms of a draft pick, that also means, oh, well, whether it's 1C, 2C, whatever it is down the line, we have a box checked. It's it's important. So where are you, Steph, in terms of like rebuild versus the guys we have looking good? How How are you balancing that? I was trying not to get too excited last night because it was just Columbus that they were playing. Columbus isn't expected to be good this season Columbus either. was horrible last season. Really bad. So I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, these are two bad teams, but one is just a little bit worse than the other. And then all the empty net goals started coming in. And that's when I was like, okay, well, the guys that need to be scoring are scoring. So maybe this season is going to be good because these are the guys, Cam Atkinson, Sean Couturier, uh, Joel Farabee, Travis Konechny, we need them to be scoring. And they were all on the score sheet last night. So here's the thing. The Flyers spent a lot of time losing games to shitty teams. So seeing them beat the teams they should beat, that's good. You can find something in there. Yeah, I mean, they lost a lot of shitty teams because they were indeed a shitty team. They were, in fact, shitty. Someone yeah. has to win those games. It exactly. was often not them. It was, it was not, often the not the Flyers. So in this particular battle of two to be very generous mid hockey teams the flyers came out on top that's a positive yeah. i mean the point i made in my in my post game column yesterday was that the whole reason why we all feel i think rightfully that the flyers need to rebuild that they needed to rebuild is that especially after they decided that they were going to move on from Claude Giroux, they were going to end the Claude Giroux era. And then once Sean Couturier had his double back surgeries and it was unclear where he was going to end up in his career, the Flyers just had nobody remotely resembling high-end talent. Last year, Travis Konechny had a good season. He was point per game. But I don't think anybody's saying that last year's version of Travis Konechny was on par with the top-tier players in the NHL. And he did have 30 goals in no, 60 he, games. He had a good year, he, but, but I'm just saying no one is, no one is going to put him no, on the level of he's David not, Pasternak. He's not a superstar. Obviously not Connor McDavid. So you go into this game and you're like, okay, the Flyers depth wise, you know, maybe the defense is, is weak, but on the whole, the four core is pretty deep. You know, Garnet Hathaway is a good fourth liner. You got a three lines of pretty good forwards. This is a team that on paper has a lot of solid players. What they don't have are super high end guys. And the thing with last night's game was that, yeah, they don't have super high-end guys, but the guys who are the top of the lineup last night kind of played like high-end guys. They played like guys who maybe aren't stars, but maybe you're on that next tier down. And the, the point I made in the column was that, look, was it possible going into the season to envision Sean Gaturier coming back and being Sean Gaturier again? 
Travis Konechny maybe keeping his his offensive gains, but also becoming a better two-way player. Travis Sanheim having a bounce-back year and looking like a top-pair defenseman. Carter Hart taking a leap into taking that next step. Was it possible to envision all those things happening? Yeah, but it seemed impossible to envision all of them happening at the same time. You could see one or maybe two happening. Well, last night, all four of them look like their best-case scenario. Now, again, one game. But if all four of those guys have their best-case scenario seasons, suddenly this gets interesting from a, okay, is this team actually going to be as bad as we think they are? And again, one game against Columbus. But if all four of their top-of-the-lineup guys have you know top-end potential ceiling-type seasons— this team might not be that bad. And uh, if you think that's a possibility, Uh-oh. maybe you want to get the Flyers. I believe they're six to one to make the playoffs. Hey. Maybe you want to play six to one plus 600. I think oh, okay. yeah. I was going to six to one seems very low. Does that mean if I bet one dollar, I will win six hundred dollars when they make the playoffs? You'll win six. I was close. Yeah. Okay. If you bet a hundred, you'll win six hundred. OK, got yeah. it. Got it. Uh, but <laughs> if you maybe you're looking to place that bet, you should do it. At DraftKings, the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. This week, you know, we've got San Francisco favored by under a TD in Cleveland. Miami is two-score favorites home against Carolina. Philly favored by seven in the Meadowlands. And the full slate of games plus props teasers and so much more the action at DraftKings for week six is nearly endless get in on the game day greatness download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and you use code PHLY new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL that's code PHLY only on DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL the crown is yours Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf, Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources yeah Whew. it's right, good to be back it's all right i feel i feel good about that one i feel <laughs> pretty good about that one uh, i have to move on to a guy who has always been my favorite player on this team. Always. The man I picked to win this Ashby Trophy. You sure did. Uh, not out of spite, but out of pure love for Travis Sanheim. <laughs> okay, that I might argue with. But. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really liked what I saw out of him yeah. offensively playing the right side last night. Some power play time. Uh, my favorite play, though, that he made was something so simple. Early in the game, uh, there's an opportunity maybe for him to be a little soft and just try to poke the puck, but it's it's a puck battle entry situation coming in on his side, coming across the blue line. And he just finished the guy off, took him into the board, said, nah, second guy in can take the puck. I am taking the body, and he plastered him right along the, uh, right along the glass. And God damn, that's what I want to see. <laughs> You're so big. You're so big. And there's been a lot made out of how he's bulked up this offseason, put on some weight. He was using it last night, and that's what I want to see out of that man. Perhaps his ceiling when this team is good is second-pair defensemen. You badly need those. You need a second pair. Uh, Travis Sanheim, I was happy with what I saw. I think I've he's really always liked. been a se- sorry. I think he's always been a second pair defenseman, but we've been waiting for him to use his. But a size. good one now. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. Um, it was nice to see. He's always been my guy. I know Charlie likes him too. Big Travis Sanheim fan, but no, I, I loved his game. I was surprised because I think there was a real question going into the season of who is going to replace. The Pro V minutes. Obviously, they happen to be playing against Ivan Provorov. In and we game, talked like they don't need to play everyone 20. Who yeah. cares? That was not the case last no. but, but the thing is that there's always going to be a guy yes, who yes. the coaches lean on more. And when I looked at the ice time charts at the end of the second period and I saw that Sanheim was around 19 minutes, it was like, oh, 
it's Sanheim. And I had already been noticing him over the course of the game, thinking like, he's having a really strong game. Then you look at the ice time charts and you realize the coach has noticed it over too. Over 26 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He finishes over 26 minutes and he earned those minutes. And, you know, I, I went into the locker room after the game planning for Sanheim to be a big part of the article I wrote. So I we didn't ask for Sanheim. Sanheim's a good quote, but we, we, we only got three people. We got Couturier, obviously. It was his first game, first game back from the long layoff in a, in a regular season game. And I asked Couturier what he thought of Sanheim. You know, he had gotten 26 minutes in the game, and Couturier basically was like, he was a monster. And he said, look, like, I, he, he said something very interesting to me, and maybe there's something to this. I don't know. I guess we'll see over the course of the year. But Couturier basically said that, you know, Sandheim for a long time has kind of been an Ivan Provorov shadow. And maybe this is an opportunity for him to to step up and, and seize that number one role that he was never allowed to 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 grow into because Ivan Provorov was always ahead of him on the depth chart. And maybe Sandheim will ultimately flop. But for one game, he looked like a number one defenseman in the NHL. And I think there are people who didn't even think he could do that for one game. Do you think that 26 minutes is sustainable for him across the season? Because he's not used to playing. Well, I think physically, yeah. yeah. I think I think he could do it from a fitness standpoint. Yeah. Now, whether he can do it and stay Good. effective, right. that's right. a fair question. Yeah. Physically, I think he can. Well, yeah. Uh, just cut the other guy, you know, connect the two goals last night. He appears to be picking up where he, he left so off. Good. But Carter yeah. Hart stopped 31 of 33. Uh, while Columbus, not very good. They do have some pretty damn good high-end offensive talent. Yeah. And he just looked like um, best-case scenario Carter Hart. You know, steady. Yeah. The, the Carter Hart, when you don't really notice him working hard, is like the best version of Carter Hart. Where he's just yeah. like, ah, stop this puck. Ah, stop this puck. Like, he doesn't look like he he's doesn't trying stand ever. Out. He's not Dominic Cossack. No, exactly. And, it, and that's what we got. And I think that's... When he's on his game, that's what you notice most about him, that you don't notice him. Well, he's just so he's so technically sound. Yes. And that's just his game is that he makes tough saves look easy mm -hmm. or he makes tough saves, tough saves look medium. He makes medium mm -hmm. saves look easy. And then after the game, you think to yourself, I don't remember them getting that many high quality chances. And it turns out they got a few. Yeah. It's just Hart did a good job of number one, stopping the ones he saw. Number two, preventing chances that other goalies might have allowed to turn into big rebounds that then would have been high quality chances. He just right. swallows up or directs to the corner and he was doing that. And you know, we, I, I don't know if we've forgotten, but don't forget that he started out last season really good too, mm. that he got off to that incredible start October, November. He was working on, I think like something like a nine twenty something save percentage. And that was with the flyers defense playing terribly. He was the only thing keeping them in games the first month uh, and a half yeah. of the year. Well, the Flyers defense now has a year. Granted, the, the blue line core doesn't look good on paper, but the team defense should be better given the fact that they are now, they're now a year in under Torts. Torts and is, they have Sean Couturier. Yeah, and they have Sean Couturier, exactly. So Torts has gotten a year to try to kind of drill his system into them. And, uh, and I think Hart will benefit from that. So if we see the version of Hart to, that started last season, if we see that version this year, you know, maybe that version in a better defensive system, a more a better executed defensive system, maybe that's a, a 935 save percentage Carter Hart rather than a 925 save percentage Carter Hart just because the team in front of him is more effective. I guess the question now is, because like, we saw last year he didn't sustain it, and then you look at how little they used the backups, especially when it was Felix Sandstrom, is it going to be maybe more of an even split? Like, I've heard a lot of people talk about, okay, can Florida sustain what they did in the playoffs? And it's like, you can't let Bob start 60 games. Like, right. he's a guy who you have to spell. Maybe Carter Hart is this good if you know, he plays 45 instead of 55. Like, is that possible to do? Like, we know they like uh, Erson more than they liked Sandstrom. Maybe we see him more than just on, you know, the back end of back-to-backs like they did with Felix last year. Is that something maybe you think they'll be interested in? I really think going 1A, 1B with these two guys is the best thing that they could possibly do for both of them, really. Well, for Carter Hart, maybe for his uh, his contract coming up, maybe not. But well, I mean, but, like, 
that's not a thing that the flyers. No, it's not about. something yeah, right. he, they need to worry and it, about. And like, sure. Honestly, for him, he gets hurt all the time. So if he gets hurt in his contract year, that's not going to be great for him either. So maybe cutting back the games a little bit and getting Arison some reps is a good thing for everybody. I agree. All right. Oh, it's thanks. been, uh, it's been 25 minutes and we haven't mentioned, I guess what has been, we haven't mentioned Mave Mishkov <laughs> drink. Uh, no, we haven't mentioned what has been basically the primary point of the show to, you know, this is what week five or six for us. Brink and Forster. Uh, oh. Forster sits last night. Bobby Brink plays on the top line with, uh, Farabee and Couturier. He doesn't pick up any points. He do his, He does have two shots on goal. He's a plus one uh, over 13 minutes of ice time. What did we think about Bobby last night? Stephanie? <laughs> oh, um, I barely noticed him on the ice, but that doesn't... That's not necessarily a bad thing. If he's playing on the top line and I'm not necessarily noticing him, that means that he's not making any egregious errors. I do need a guy with that sort of offensive upside to stand out, though, especially considering the amount of time Couturier spent in the offensive zone. Yeah, yeah I think I would say that he didn't look out of place. I, w- I wanted to see more didn't from look him special, though. offensively, especially because, as you said, they spent so much time in the offensive zone. But speaking to what Steph said, the fact that they spent so much time in the offensive zone tells me that he wasn't doing anything to hinder them. You know, it's not he wasn't as, turning it yeah, over. It's, it's not as if he was dragging that line down. That line looked very effective and he touched the puck. He passed the puck. He was he was involved in the cycle. He wasn't getting overwhelmed physically. So that's a good sign. And he did make that one play in the third period where he drove the puck to the net and drew, I believe, a slashing penalty to put the Flyers on the power play. So he he maybe worked himself into the game. I don't think he was bad. I don't think he was great. What I will say is going to be fascinating is if he stays in the lineup for tomorrow's game or if they begin a rotation with him and Forrester. Like, that's the big question at this point. Is this going to be one, 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 like back and forth? Do they figure out a way to get them both in? Or is this just, yeah, like, is it Tyson Forrester's game Saturday and the home opener is Brink? Like, how do you think they're going to work this thing? Because I. I get the rotation early on, especially, okay, well, we have to respect the vets. They have to play in the home opener. They have to play in the oh, blah, blah, blah. At a certain point, both have to be pretty regular in the lineup, and each playing 41 games does not appeal to me. I think it makes sense for these first two games to be something like a, a second-tier tryout for the both of them. Like they, they looked good in preseason, but those aren't real games. So now we got to look at Brink in a real game and he was fine, but he didn't seem to grab the opportunity and run with it. So I think it makes sense to get Forrester in and see if maybe he does, because if he does, then you have an answer. And if he doesn't, well, I don't know what we're doing then. I hate to say this because I I know they're not like they're not rooting for this outcome because you never root for this outcome. One to beat out the other. No, no, not even that. I think there is an idea in their heads that if they drag this out a little bit, inevitably someone is going to get hurt. Oh boy. And then not one of them, but like someone, because it's hockey and players get hurt. And then suddenly you have both of them in the lineup because a random player in the top nine got hurt. And then the problem solves itself. I really think that's probably part of it. I think truthfully, the entire organization is shocked that they got through camp as like, uninjured as they did. I mean, it's the funny. I mean, you, <laughs> you spin the wheel enough times. Like, <laughs> Jesus. They have to get through a, a, some portion of something healthy. <laughs> but, you know, it's this the Flyers. This is a professional so no. sports organization. A professional <laughs> sports <laughs> organization. That's just like, no, we don't feel like making a choice. Let's just play the both of them. We'll, we'll see how it works out. I guess the... Uh, I want to get to the rest of the blue line now because we're still in the segment one portion of the outline <laughs> half an hour in. We got to talk about the game. No, the game the, is the, the most game important, is important thing. The game is the most important thing, especially with all the questions going into yes. it. And especially with the fact that quite a few of our viewers and listeners probably did not actually watch the game because there was a more important game. I'm on. learning quite a bit right now. <laughs> uh, Can I, I tell you start... what stood out for me most during the game last night Please. real quick? Um, it's going to be an easy transition. 
Um, I didn't, I forgot what Mark Stahl looked like until last night. And I was getting vague, um, like he looks like Jake Voracek and Jake Voracek. There's a lot happening. He's got the whole, it's the whole thing. And it made me miss Jake Voracek because he is a much better hockey player than Mark Stahl. Yeah, Jake Voracek, apparently, he went on a uh, another podcast. Yeah. Um, the Chris Mara podcast, yeah, yeah. who I follow on Twitter. I've done Chris's show. And, um, and apparently, Jake uh, Jake really ripped uh, AV pretty good. Well, not shocking. Yeah. No. I, mean, yeah. I mean, Provorov basically said something similar. We keep you know, talking about his struggles last year. He basically lumped in the last three years. And it's like, oh, so Elaine Vigneault and John Tortorella and... And Mike Yo. And, well, <laughs> and Mike Yo. Let, us, not, let us never forget Mike Yo. Uh, but, like, uh, listen, I liked the beginning of the AV tenure. I think we were all pretty happy with what we were watching. But it's fairly clear the way things have unfolded in the years following. A lot of the players didn't love what was going on. And the the one thing, how could you? We're rebuilding yeah. now. We've yeah. given up and started over. <laughs> the the one thing that Jake said in that interview, uh, and and to be to be clear, and I'm not. This isn't me shitting on Chris. I just haven't had a chance to listen to it. Um, but I saw a lot of things that were tweeted out about the interview, and the one thing that jumped out at me just because of things that I heard, and it was never enough. Like I never had it from like a, a source that I would feel comfortable going out and reporting it because it was all just speculation. You, everybody was kind of trying to like put themselves in AV's mind. There was a general feeling around people that were around the team that season, the the 2021 season, the season that was that started in January. And then especially the season after the one that he didn't even make it through the end of December, there was a general feeling that, AV's heart just really wasn't in coaching anymore. Mm. That part of it might have been because his parents were sick. Part of it might have been because of the COVID restrictions. He didn't feel like he could coach the way he ideally wanted to anymore. Whatever that whatever happened that the Elaine Vino, the, the martini drink in Elaine Vino from before the pandemic never actually came back. And the guy who came back wasn't fully invested. And one thing that Voracek said in that in that interview, apparently, was that, like, I don't have to respect someone who quits on his team. And that was the first oh. time that hmm. someone who was there, who very clearly is a primary source, articulated that not by speculating, but by straight up saying that, like, I think our coach quit on us. And it was just, it was interesting. It immediately put my eyebrows up because I was like, I heard people speculating that. And to hear one of his it players was, say that, okay, there might be legitimately something to it. It was definitely a background conversation at the time. And not to yeah. stick up for AV, because who cares? He got, he got fired and continued to get – he might still be collecting a paycheck. Good uh, for him. I think he I, is for one. This, thing, this one, is the last this year. This is the last one? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, I like those restrictions and everything that unfolded in those couple of years, like did take the fun out of the game for a lot of people. We've heard that in a lot of sports from a lot of different Matt Niskanen was just like, you know what? This ain't fun no more. Yeah, I'm going I'm home. Yeah. I don't get like, Oh, this team, like oh, great run made to the second round. You and Provorov, awesome pair. He's like, dude, this sucks. Like, <laughs> it ain't fun no more. I've played yeah. long enough. I'm going home. Yeah. So like, I, I, I want my I, ring. I, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that being the case for a lot of people. And when the team all of a sudden starts to nosedive, I can see AV being like, dude, you know how nice my house is? <laughs> like, you know how cool it is there? I don't live in a mansion. I'm not rich. And I love being home, especially so getting paid to do nothing. I can see that being real appealing to him as well. Uh, but you mentioned Mark Stahl, Steph, so we will we will pick up there. Uh, Stahl is the dude from last night's game, whether it was in the comments and post game or everything I've seen, uh, read articles today, Twitter, etc., like with the most wide range of opinions about what he looked like last night between he was Mark Stahl. He was fine or, Ooh, he's cooked. I have seen, and no one I think was like, Oh, he was great. Cause it's Mark Stahl. Like, right. what, and, and also what would he, he have to do to look also, great. It's impossible for you to watch the game. He played last night. I think he looked great. <laughs> yes. But just like the wide range, maybe it's people just wanting to see what they want to see. If you believe in a veteran in this lineup, you're like, Oh, he was stall. He was fine. And if you're like, no, he's taking Andre's place. This is a waste. You went, he stunk. What did we think about Mark Stahl other than he looks like someone Kelly would be interested in? <laughs> All right. Oh you love the beer. That's a personal attack. You I love know. the scruffy. That's a known fact about a, you. I don't know if it's an attack, but it's it is. It's not an attack. It's no. just something known that you like the scruffy looking dudes. I do. 
Um, I've lost my train now. Oh, the one thing about Mark Stahl for me is that he made a crappy play that stuck out to me more than any other crappy play last night. I think you put it in your article. Did you put it in your article? Well, uh, to me, he had... Or did you tweet it? He had two plays that were really bad. The first, which was the really bad one, was on Columbus's goal. The, not yes, not yes. the line A goal, That's but the, the one, one that happened yes. in the first period. Mm-hmm. He basically just like completely abandoned his side of the ice to go hit a guy he did in a the wrist, middle of the rush. The worst Risto that you could do. Yeah. He did a Risto. And that, and that play, I was like, oh, oh boy. Is this what we're getting out of this guy? And like, he wasn't that bad the rest of the game. But that was just so like obviously terrible that it makes you think like, all right, like. What, what are we, we doing, doing here? What are we doing here? Let can him, we, can I, if I'm going to see someone make mistakes, it should be Emil Andre. Like he's exactly. here to not make mistakes. Right. If I'm going to watch someone screw up, I want to see the dude who might then also have an outlet past the length of the ice that springs someone for a breakaway. Like yeah. how quickly can we get him into the Chris Stewart professional best friend role? Because I feel like tomorrow, that's, I mean, yeah, like let's go. <laughs> that's what you would do. Yeah. Uh, Steph, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Cause obviously you were the one who brought up Mark Saul to begin with. What did you think of his, of his game? He's not good. He's not a good player and he should not be on this team. <laughs> like he's just, he's not good. I don't know why they why Danny Briere like this signing made me raise my eyebrow. Like what are you doing? It's not a horrific signing, but what are you doing? Why why are we here? Why are we here? I don't understand why he's on the ice. Like, he's just not good. I think the thing with Stahl that we talked about when the signing was made was that at the very least, because he's got that veteran presence, he was on the top four for Florida when they went to the cup final, that you should be able to basically like turn him into a draft pick at the deadline. And I still think they'll be able to do that. But like a sixth uh, next yeah. year. Well, it was looking like a five, maybe, but now I think we're dropping. And, and I don't think like I'm of the opinion that I don't think he was I don't think he was good last night, to be clear. But I think that I think the his play on the goal was awful. Yeah. And he took a bad penalty in the third period when you're nursing a one goal lead, which is like the worst possible time to take a bad penalty. Beyond that, the in-between of those two plays, he was inoffensively average. Yeah. I didn't think he like and but there were some That's people what he's here to be. There were some people <laughs> online who basically were like, How could you say he was average? He's been terrible. And like, I don't think he was. I don't think he was good, but I don't think he did anything that made me jump out of my seat and say, man, this guy can't play. That said, to be inoffensively average for most of the game and then to make two really bad decisions, that's that's still bad. That's coming up negative. Cumulatively, like, that's you're, bad. You're a minus two. Like exactly. If you did nothing positive don't but like, had two major mistakes, yeah. you're a negative for the day. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it was telling, you know, Torres is not going to be a guy who's going to go out there and lambast a veteran that he spent a lot of these not one of his not one of his boys not one of his boys (laughs) at least one that he spent most of the 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 training camp defending yeah but when we asked towards after the game you know what did you think of of the defense core he 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 very obviously and rightfully praised sanheim who had a very good game he praised zamula who i thought we'll get to him we'll get to shortly he he really loves this guy. He went out of his way to praise Sean Walker, who he really, really likes. Sean Walker's playing 82 games. But 100%. But he's Vandevelde. Yeah. He did not mention Stahl. And I think it was a little telling that he mentioned Walker because Walker was on Stahl's pair. And I almost read that a little bit that like, well, you know, Walker had a real good game because he kind of had to make up for the fact that his partner didn't have a great game. And mm. look, they've been open... <laughs> Torts has been open about the fact that Saul isn't going to play every game. And I thought that was going to be like, well, he'll play the first half of the year. And then maybe then he'll settle into like a scratch rotation. If we get a few more games like this, maybe that scratch rotation starts at the end of October. Hopefully, maybe. It should start Saturday. Uh, I'm glad (laughs) you mentioned my guy, Big Z. Igor Zamula. uh, Finally out there. It looks like he might be a steady part of this thing. I have been a fan of his since his like first first preseason I liked what I saw out of him because he was nowhere near ready to play in the NHL nowhere near the body type yet and he was like I don't care I'm gonna try to throw hits out there and like I've always just appreciated that uh like TK starting that scrum with uh 
Gudbrandson last oh, night. Oh, it was great. Like, he, you look like something he eats for breakfast. <laughs> like, I, it's so like, good. And, and he didn't care. And like, that's what I liked about Z from the very beginning. Yeah. And Zamula like starts the game out with that uh, nice play to the poke check at the blue line to send the 2-1-0 for Farabee's goal, gets the secondary assist on that. I always like when you get a secondary assist on a play where there's back and forth like there was more than one pass but you get the secondary yeah. assist i always appreciate that he deserved scoring. it it was a no, great defensive play it. i appreciate that scoring decision yeah uh but zamula uh, just very happy to see him getting a steady shot and it's game one like he, who knows what's going to happen next uh but it looks like he's going to be a part of this thing and it, listen it could end up being phil myers like starts out good and then you see why he wasn't even drafted uh but I, I like Z a lot. I, this is the time when you got to figure out what you have in him. They they didn't really figure out it figure it out last year. He made the team out of camp, played a little, kind of played himself out of the lineup, and then didn't have a great year in the AHL. And you're thinking, uh-oh, is he another bust? He had a really good camp, in my opinion. He earned his way into that lineup. Now, whether he would have been in the lineup had Risto been healthy, I'm not sure. But I think he played well enough in game one to justify playing in game two. Yes. The only way I could justify sitting him out for game two is if they bring Andre in for him. They start this rotation. But if Risto comes in and they pull Zamula out and have Zamula and Andre both sit tomorrow, I'll be frustrated because yeah. I think Zamula played. He certainly didn't outplay Sanheim, but I would put him up there with pretty much every other, every other defenseman in the top six or in the six. And I when guess. we're talking about the young guys who impressed us. And I'm going to throw Morgan Frost into that group. He did not. Zamula was the best of the bunch. Yeah. yeah. Morgan Frost, man. No, uh, no. I thought I thought Z looked good. And I, I don't know, Bill, what about uh, looking good? Sometimes you just really got to look good. And yeah. if, if that's your goal, especially on game day, you got to go with FOCO because FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Listen, it's football and tailgating season. We're getting out there, I think. We might have a uh, little tailgate news for everyone in the near future. So keep, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. But whatever you need for a tailgate, whether it's hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day, FOCO has it. And don't forget, they got the overalls, baby. <laughs> Get your overalls at FOCO. And they have so much more uh, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, anything you need maybe for Kelly's uh, like building a she shed on your boat. Maybe you could... Shop at FOCO, and if you're going to do it, because they always have the backs of Philly sports, you can use code PHLY for 10% off. Get the best gear around. Use the link in our description and use promo code PHLY for all non-presale items. FOCO, get your overalls. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Like The whole reason why I'm friends with Kelly is because I'm playing the long game here, and I'm banking on the fact that she's Dude. eventually going to get a boat. Podcast and then I'm going to have studio, a friend with a boat. Podcast studio on a boat. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. I know. Sorry for is that how Wi-Fi that in works? Front of can thousands we, of can people. we do that? Can you can you have a podcast on a boat? If you contribute five dollars to the boat GoFundMe, <laughs> you can come on the boat. Yes, just so you know. <laughs> I can so get Kelly Hinkle a boat. <laughs> do we have any other uh, like notes from the game last night Morgan that you think Frost are... made me angry? He was rough. <sighs> That's yeah. the, what like... is up with you, dude? Like, come on! I've by been now, saying. Oh boy. I, it's a I, game. I know, I know. I've just been such a Morgan Frost defender and such a person that has been waiting for him has to Has anyone just... checked on Bill? Oh. <laughs> Meltzer. I mean, Bill didn't go. He right. doesn't travel. Maybe, maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe Morgan needs the, the Meltzer boost. He is the he Chris Stewart. Home. He can yeah. only be good in the, the last 55 games of the season. So oh. we've got to wait a little while. You know, the, one thing I will say about that though, and this like, I don't think this is necessarily a good thing to say about Frost because it's not like those first 30 or so games don't matter. They matter. But he has historically been a bit of a slow starter. I know, but bro, he you've has. been in the league for a while now. Like, I agree. I, no, I'm he's not saying. a rookie by no. any means. No. He's not a prospect anymore. Some no. guys are slow starters. The thing is that if you're if you're a star player, you can afford to be a slow starter because in the end, you're still going to get your 90 points. That's if you're a guy who's going to get 50 points a year, you can't really afford to struggle for the first month and a half of every season. And if you're, if you're a guy who, I don't know, was maybe one of the best offensive players on the team for the second half of the season and the coach was still like, ah! Yeah. yeah, maybe you can't afford a slow yeah, start. I, like I want it for this dude, and I want it for this team for the 2017 draft, man. Like the height <laughs> of our so collective bad. careers. It's like the, whole the draft. height of the 
<laughs> the height of our collective, like that 2017 draft is, it's my favorite day for us as a group. We had the most like, fun. It day. is also the downfall of this fucking organization. <laughs> it's the reason we are where we are right now. I really want it to be salvaged and he's going to be a big didn't, part of that. Didn't they get, um, didn't they get Noah Cates in that draft? They got Cates late there. Okay, so, right, so, so there the, the draft has We're been good. already salvaged yeah. as long as Noah Cates is All right, But they had the number two overall pick and he's a bust. They traded back into the first round and moved Braden Chen, who's now the captain of another organization for Morgan Frost were waiting on him and they got my guy who was the big tall guy who stinks uh, uh, in the second round yeah Isaac oh, Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe and he's no good so yes yeah. Noah Cates in the fourth or fifth uh, wherever they got him cool but at least we have Owen Tippett though um, yeah they just didn't draft him yeah they draft just, class though. yeah it still worked mm-hmm. out yeah. uh, anyway so Kelly and I had a conversation pregame last night that I really wanted to bring to the group as well because I think I finally, not get, because I was, like, I got the bullies. I got our attachment to them, because, listen, I like that type of hockey. If I had my way, there'd be line brawls every night. Like, it would, but that's (laughs) just not the way of the game anymore, so we move on. But we as a group, and I think Kelly and I specifically, because we're, you know, Charlie, the big J journalist, Steph, uh, didn't grow up. Newer fan. It didn't grow up with the team in the '90s the way we mm-hmm. did. She's from North Jersey. Um, we have built a resentment towards that era of the team and their continued involvement, and it sometimes bleeds over into like we just hate those teams now. Yeah. Like even like they won two titles. They were relevant the entire '70s and '80s. Like a pre, it's why they're a premier organization still, even though they're irrelevant. Right. To the city, they're still like kind of big in the league. Uh, I think I finally get it because my attachment to this Phillies team that hasn't won shit yet. <laughs> like, if Bryce Harper were to, when his contract is up in like a decade, take over the Phillies front office and proceed to run the team into the ground. I would blame everyone else and say <laughs> this is not Bryce Harper's fault. Like, I finally get that attachment yeah. that maybe I just – I will always love the 07 to 11 run, but I, I feel like this team represents us in a way, like the city of Philadelphia. Not only do they come up big and have these awesome moments, win playoff series, go on runs these last couple of years, but they do it in a way that just speaks to me so fully – I get the attachment. I guess I rediscovered that attachment a previous generation of fans has to the bullies. And I would like to extend an olive branch to the section of fans that I think the four of us have helped alienate Join us. <laughs> from our from our audience. Because we all love the Flyers. At the end of the day, we all love the yeah. Flyers. Um, I, I get you. And I am sorry if my desire for this team to move forward has somehow alienated you as fans because I get it now I it's more than just winning it's more than just they wear the logo it's how they represent the city and I mean the bullies man that's who we are like (laughs) we're threatening the life of a mascot in Atlanta this is who we are we're violent insane people and that's the bullies yes but like, you Uh-oh. have to be good. <laughs> like, you've got to be good. We can't talk about the Phillies right now and the Flyers. They're just two completely no, different teams in two completely different places. The, we're talking about the vibes. The vibes. Really. And the, the Which way I say entirely the way too much. The, the certain section of the fan base has been like, no, you have to include the alumni. Yeah, it yeah. has to always be this thing. I think I get it more than ever because. That wasn't just a good team, those 70s Flyers teams. That was, okay. they won back-to-back titles, they beat the Russians, and they beat the shit out of everybody. Yeah, That speaks to us in a way that this Phillies team now speaks to me, and I, I just get, I, I get that fandom again. I get it now. So I was watching the post game after the Phillies last night, and I saw Pedro Martinez say he has four daddies and all of them were Phillies players. I get that vibe now. That's how the older Flyers fans feel about the 90s teams. I get it now. They're all the daddies of the season ticket holders, right? Is that what we're saying here? Bob Clark is my daddy. God, I love Pedro. He's the the best. The one thing I'll say about that, and this is, honestly, this is kind of taking it off in a different direction. Go right ahead. um, Because 
I agree with you that this Phillies team in particular has seemed to kind of capture something about the city in its own unique way. And I think it's really cool. I think the fact that Bryce Harper has embraced the city of Philadelphia has been really cool. I think the fact that just you have the daycare, you have all these different pieces. Nick Castellanos just making me question my own sexuality. It just, it, it just, it, it, it feels right. But the thing is, is that it feels right in a way because it feels like it happened by accident. Like it happened naturally. Like I'm not saying that the Phillies weren't trying to build a good team. Because they absolutely were, you know, they went. They have out, one of the highest payrolls yeah, in the history. They went of out. Sport. They signed a bunch yeah. of players. They 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 convinced Bryce Harper to come here. They convinced Kyle Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos to come here. You know, they they signed Zach Wheeler. They they built this team to win. But I mean, guys like Nick Castellanos and Kyle, and Kyle Schwarber, they played for other teams before they played for the Phillies. And I didn't watch those guys on those other teams and say to myself, "Man, those guys are they're they're Philly type guys." Like. I didn't I didn't realize it. And now they're here and they obviously are and they obviously fit. But it's not like it's not like you it's not like they signed them because it was like, man, they fit this idea of what a Philly has to be. It's that they signed them because they're good. They're good. And then almost by accident, it turned out this group of crazy dudes just coalesce together into this this unit that is Philadelphia. And honestly, it probably was the same way with the bullies. Yes. Like, like yeah, you know, like Ed Snyder went out and got Dave Schultz and those guys because he didn't want the team to get beat up anymore. But it wasn't because he was trying to create a team that reflected Philly. It was because he was sick of his team getting yeah. beat up. And then kind of naturally, the city realized that, man, we see some of ourselves in this team. And I guess where, where I'm coming from is that, look, I'm not saying that it's not important to get guys who can deal with the limelight, deal oh, with certainly. like, like, look, we're seeing in Atlanta what happens when a team can't deal with the limelight. Ugh. They just fall apart Please. and they crumble and they start complaining about media and they start talking back to the fans, showing that they're clearly getting rattled by the Citizens Bank Park faithful. Like those kind of guys, no, they're not Philadelphia types, but I, I think less should be made of, well, we have to sign this guy because he's a flyer. He's a Philly type guy. Like, that's, like get that. good players and get the right kind of good players. But if, if a team is going to take on the persona of a city, it's not going to be because you forced it. It's yep. going to be because it happens naturally. And that's something Kelly and I talked about. Like the idea that they're going to build this culture, this flyers team, yeah, Identity, the, the culture, 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 we're going to be the yeah. flyers. It's like, the, the identity has to happen naturally. Yes. Everyone has to be themselves it. and like, don't like, don't force something like exactly like you're saying. So hopefully they are on that path. When you're talking about it happening almost accidentally, I do want to draw a comparison to this Flyers team though. You know, Bobby Clark famously goes in the second round because he has diabetes. diabetes. Yeah, type one diabetes. Yeah. Um, Matvey Mishkov slips to seven because he's Russian. Who knows? Mm, Who knows? Those are the same. Who knows? All totally the same. <laughs> uh, something I do have to <laughs> shoot Sean in here is uh, because of mono. Mono, mono yeah. Because uh, you know he liked to you know go to that's, parties. That's and the stuff. identity. Just <laughs> yeah. a bunch of sick boys. Some might do have to shoehorn in here in case anyone hasn't heard the uh, the game time for the yes. opener on Tuesday has been moved from seven back to six o'clock right. because the NLCS is going to start at eight. There's a friendly soccer match uh, between someone in Germany. It's like France mm, and Germany. Yeah. Or, I don't know. You're there's also the a soccer match now. that night. Good at soccer. Eight. Yeah. There's a whole yeah. bunch of stuff going on. So the the Game time has been moved, but you don't have to worry about the game time app going anywhere. Listen, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee 
means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, well, with a few minutes left here, I have finally done it. Oh, it's a division preview time. Oh, now, no. it's really just a way to <laughs> it's really just a way to lead into talk about talking about the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Claude Giroux and company. Will I was going to say. So in, yes. other, in other words, it's a way to talk about Claude. Claude Giroux. Giroux. Yeah. Claude Giroux and company <laughs> yeah. will be taking on the Flyers on Saturday. Pre-game for that show will be right here at 11. I believe Kelly will be joining me for that. Probably. Uh, it is a one o'clock puck drop on Saturday. So let us get started with these. Ottawa Senators, who the Flyers will be playing in their second game of the season. They uh, made a few changes. They had high expectations going into last year. Of course, they signed Claude Giroux. They go out and get Alex Dabrinkit. They think they're going to pair them with all their young guys and be off to the races. They did end up with 86 points, but uh, five or six out of the playoffs. There's a few teams ahead of them. What do we think about the Ottawa Senators, this version? They are, of course, starting the season without their 2 and 3C, both Norris and Pinto. Pinto's still unsigned. Norris is out. Uh, high expectations there again. They swapped out to Brinkett. He didn't like being a second-line player for them. He had an issue with that. Uh, so they bring in Vladimir Tarasenko now. Playoffs for Ottawa, should that be the expectation? It is a very good division. I think a lot of it for this team hangs on what the goaltending turns out to be because they went all in on a, what's his face Corpusalo, And if he's good, all right, maybe they'll sneak in to that last spot. But if he turns out to be not great and they gave him a pile of money for a lot of years, which is not always a good idea. It's they a did, choice. Didn't they? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, it's, it's, they got some good offense outside of drew Stutzla is pretty yes. sick. He's very good. Um, but yeah, they got to they gotta hope that this choice that they made in goal works for them because if it doesn't, I don't really know how it works for them. And a division, as you said, is very good. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I actually think I'm probably, if we're talking about one team in that division that I think can take the leap into playoff status, I prefer Buffalo to Ottawa mm, that's, personally. It seems like, because the middle class of the East is so very interesting. Like, yeah. The Flyers might have the same number of points as last year and be further down in the East standing somehow just because like someone has to win and lose these games. And when they're up against these good teams, like I don't see anyone on the Flyers. Li- I I like Sean Couturier. Rasmus Dahlin is a freaking superstar. Like they have that high end talent. Uh, you know, Tage Thompson, forty goals. Like they have some dudes, man. If I get, can, I guess we can throw Detroit into that conversation, they're but I don't it. think they're quite. I don't think. I don't they're think there. they're quite where Buffalo and even Ottawa is. I, I would agree, but the they middle class of this—they're close enough of this division and of the East are very good. Like if it's if it's Buffalo or Ottawa, is everyone kind of like Buffalo's better? I go Ottawa because Jacob Chikrin. I mean, it's a fair oh, point, yeah, they though. Got that guy. Like, Ottawa's defense, they've done a legitimately good job of remaking it. I mean, yeah. obviously, you got they, they got Chikrin. But not only that, I mean, they just locked up uh, Jake Sanderson. Um, obviously, they got Thomas Shabbat. I'm an Artem Zub fan. Like, they have good defensemen. And given where they were post-Eric Carlson trade, they've done a really good job of remaking that blue line in a, like, not that long period of time. I guess it's, like, Flyers goals here in terms of remake. Because, I mean, both Shabbat and and Sanderson could both be legitimate number one quality defensemen. I don't think either of them are quite there yet. Shabbat's probably closer (laughs) just because he's older. But they both have that upside, and the Flyers are going to need a couple of those guys if they really want to remake that defense. So I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Ottawa ultimately is. I just personally prefer Buffalo. I think I think I like their I think I like their coaching staff better. I don't know. For whatever reason, I just have a gut feeling. I also really like that Devin Levi goalie that they have. I think he could mm. be a, a a legitimate dark horse for the Calder. I mean, most likely it's going to be Bedard who wins it. One but, would think. Yeah. But it's if he doesn't, it. you know, if if 
some other team's version of Brandon Manning injures him, maybe Levi could slip in if he ends up gold, like backstopping that team the to best, a playoff first. Just the Who greatest Brandon Manning, the greatest dumb thing of all time. Who will take out convinced, Connor like convinced the entire hockey media that he did it on purpose. Like, no, he's just skating out of control because that guy caught up to no. freak, the fastest skater I've ever seen. You think he was like thinking about what he was yeah. doing? No, oh he just had God. a rocket up his ass for two seconds. <laughs> Uh, just anyway, yeah. So the Atlantic Division, but Ottawa is—they're just a very interesting team to me. Like new ownership seemed yeah. like okay, we don't have a cheap skate running things anymore. We're gonna get our arena at some point, but I just maybe it's because Drew is there, and I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. They're gonna disappoint. Oh, uh, and also, you hate no. Ottawa. I do hate oh, yeah. the Ottawa Senators. I'm really, really happy. They already hate Tarasenko. Like in Ottawa, they're already being like, really? you have never signed this bum. They're already against huh. Tarasenko. Well, it, it just seems like wild mismanagement that you didn't have your own guys re-signed, like Shane Pinto. Yeah. And you go out and get a Tarasenko. Like, I, that seems like a it luxury a move for a team that... Like a year from now, once you make the playoffs and like establish yourself as, okay, we're not just in the middle class now. We're vying for top three in this division. Maybe we're better than Florida now. Maybe we can overtake a, you know, a team like Tampa that's going to start aging something. Okay, then go get a Tarasenko. But now? What? Yeah. Why? Yeah, you, you, didn't, you, you don't have all your own guys yet. Yeah, it, it very much struck me as a... Okay, we're losing to Brinkett. Let's get how do we let, yeah. let's get older to Brinkett, mm -hmm. which is basically what Tarasenko is at this point. He's just not as good because obviously he's older. I've always been a Tarasenko fan. I'm actually kind of surprised that they're not liking him thus far. I guess it's early. I guess he could find a way to change the fans. I minds, think it's because of the money. Just actually, the money yeah, thing. I think that just they're pissed stupid, off. Like this that seems like a like Flyers a thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we we were trying to be great and forgot to be good first. Like, oh, yeah, that's you, you need one before the other. <laughs> yeah. I just it, it's baffling to me. I mean, it'll be interesting to see them tomorrow, because one thing that I can fall into, especially at the beginning of the year when I'm like just scrambling to get everything done from a writing standpoint, is that I don't get a chance to see teams like to watch other NHL games beyond the Flyers. So it'll be interesting to to watch Ottawa and see what they look like. Are you because, busy or something? Yeah, what maybe the a fuck? little. Like, maybe what a do little. you do, Charlie? Yeah, I know. I mean, you write about the Phillies. You travel <laughs> now with the Flyers. You write about the Flyers. You podcast every day. You don't have any more free time? Come on. I mean, I, I could just not sleep. There's that option. Yeah, man. But anyway, develop a drug habit or something. Oh, geez. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'll be interested. I'll be very interested to see this team because they obviously do have designs on taking a step forward this year. I'm always going to have a soft spot for Claude Giroux. I, I hope that he hasn't signed the rest of his career away on a team that will never make the playoffs. So I'd like, funny, I'd like to see Ottawa, you know, take that step. Because I don't think the Flyers are going to in the next couple of years. Probably not. But hey, you never know. If game one was a harbinger of things to come, maybe they'll make the playoffs before Ottawa does. You never know. Mm. All right. I want to uh, wrap the show up with our uh, hypothetical of the day. Now, I'm listening to uh, The Drop earlier this week. It's the ESPN Hockey Pod with uh, Wish and... Arta Ocal, I'll never. That's a okay, first. Okay, oh. I cannot hear that title without thinking of the Beastie Boys. Um, <laughs> Drop. Uh, sorry, I've never yeah. listened to it, but I kind of hope that they use that. They, they better use don't. that. I'm sure they don't. They uh, they had NHL Chief Content Officer Steve Mayer on, and they're asking him Chief about the uh, Chief Content Officer. officer. Yes, uh, they're asking him about title. how the Vegas banner raising came together because, like, it wasn't just. You're typical, okay, here goes the banner nah, with the dramatic weird. music and everyone stands. They, you know, they made it a Vegas thing. And, the, you know, that's been the Golden Knights since they came into the league, kind of changing the personality of not everything has to be this traditional, yeah. straightforward. No, we're going to have some fun. And Wild Steve Mayer said he believes teams are going to start turning their ceremonies more to represent their environments, their city's culture, much like Vegas did. My hypothetical question is, in 2042, when the Flyers finally win a Stanley Cup or something, uh, what would ours be? Like, they break out the slot machine, and it's mm. this whole, what would the Flyers do? Steph, I want to start with you. Uh, there'd be a lot of gritty, and I think a lot of sandwiches. I'm I don't know like why that. that's where I went to immediately. Like, a lot of gritty <laughs> We and do a have lot sandwiches. Of sandwiches. 
so like many I feel sandwiches. I feel like there would just be sandwich launchers. I I don't know how we're I, we're stuffing the I, cup with cheesesteaks. I would drink whiz out of the cup. Steaks, yeah. and then like cheese, meat. cheese whiz the coveralls. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be fun though. I have because you know, when Steph said it's going to be a lot of gritty and you're like, people are not going to like that <laughs> My, to appease everybody, both sections. Remember the first game with gritty where he comes in uh, like a wrecking ball. Yes, yes. He goes back up with the wrecking ball to raise the banner. Okay. And then and we never see gritty. <laughs> again. He's gone. He disappears into the rafters <laughs> and he's now gritty is retired. But like, imagine that would actually be, uh, like we get the that summer would be of the, the cup with gritty, gritty lore. That would be the best. Yeah, Seriously. like, like he, re- you just see like him disappear into the rafter yeah. and he's gone. gone like, because we'll get the summer with the cup with Gritty, so yeah. he does all the ridiculous nonsense, and then all of the anti uh, mascot people get what they want. He's gone. Yeah, they could put something like on. <laughs> you know how like the the Golden Knights have their their castle section. Mm. You just have like one of those top sections. You just have two eyes, and that's <laughs> yeah. what's all that's Ripping. left of Gritty are his gritty. eyes at the he top. He just like pops up every down. now and then. Yeah, freaking yeah. Gatsby shit. Okay, here's yes. my idea. Just hit me. Remember how during the pandemic when the Lightning won and they had their boat like the boat tour, the yes. boat parade. An ATV parade. Oh no! Oh yes, yes! Ooh. I love that. <laughs> that is good. We take that the cup good. around. The players all in ATVs. <laughs> Come on! Uh, I like that. I like we have the two sides of Philly. My, the one who wants it and the one who's like, "There's my, fucking thing." <laughs> yeah, that's like my biggest boomer qualities. I fucking hate the ATVs <laughs> and the dirt bikes. They scare my cat and they stink. Oh man! All right. So there. Uh, do we have? Is, uh, did you have one, Kelly? No. I mean, I would like them to do something fun, like have the banner tied up in the shape of a pretzel and then like unfurl it up into the sky. But they'll probably do something stupid, like Liberty Bell Revolutionary War shit, and that would be the end of uh, it. But like, what's the worst thing they could possibly? <laughs> I can't, it'll be the most statue. boring. Like, yeah, it'll be Rocky statue, Rocky yeah. statue, something uh, like that. Rocky is there stuff. again? Yeah. yeah, that'll be what it is. They'll definitely do that. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, that will wrap it up. Hopefully, for us. Stallone's still alive by the time they win the next well, cup. <laughs> he will be. I don't know if I will be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the way it's going. I, I gotta, I gotta get on the treadmill or something. <laughs> all right, and that will do it for us. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Very special thank you. To our ladies from Broad Street Hockey, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver, and the flyby herself, Kelly Hinkle. Of course, I am Bill Matz. This is Charlie O'Connor. Ring the bell, Philly. Y'all silly like the mayor. 